everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Y'all, October starts tomorrow. It's like the best month. There's Halloween. I have my Hocus Pocus mug right now as I'm recording this. Um, My house is decorated for Halloween. Halloween is the best holiday. So I'm all about October. And because it is the last Thursday of September, we're talking October books. What? I know. So for those of you who are new to the podcast every month, uh, we, previously it was my co-host and I, as of this month, it is just me. Not sure what's going to happen next month. We'll find out. Um, Sharing books that are coming out in the upcoming month that we're really excited about. So I'll be previewing some October books. Um... All the titles will be in the show notes, so you don't have to try and write everything down. And yeah, so before I get started, as always, if you want to get hold of us, you can go to the website, professionalbooknerds.com. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ProBookNerds, and you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com if you um, want to reach out, share your own books that you're looking forward to, all that fun stuff. So, talking October books today. Um, oh, something I should say. I, you know, if you are someone who is buying physical copies of books, um, well, first, some of these, I feel like some of these books said were meant, we went through this last year too, were meant to be published perhaps a couple months ago and then they got pushed because supply chain issues. Um, by that, I mean, there is, paper shortage. There is, even if they get the books printed, there is shortage of delivery drivers to take them to bookstores. There's, there's shortages of both labor and materials everywhere. Um, so if you are someone who buys physical copies of books, particularly for holidays, even though those holidays may not be until December, you may have problems getting a hold of physical copies of books in time because there are problems everywhere. Um, and that's just, that's just a little heads up. If you are someone who, who, who likes to give people books for Christmas or likes to buy books yourself, I do too. But, um, you know, there's, there's problems right now. And so there are big delays on physical books. What is not affected by the supply chain is ebooks. I work for Overdrive, so of course I'm very pro ebooks. And it's not the same, obviously, of like gifting somebody an ebook is not the same as giving them a physical copy. But books are still being made, books are still being published. But if you are a physical book reader, I encourage you. To perhaps look more into ebooks. Not even just through the library, you can buy them. But, you know, I'm just, there's a shortage, a supply chain issue. Physical, physical books are struggling to get into the hands of the readers. So that's, that's just my little plug for Overdrive, where we work, and ebooks. All right, October books. I'm gonna start with. So excited. Girly Drinks by Mallory O'Mara. So Mallory, of course, wrote Lady from the Black Lagoon. She's a 
co-host of Reading Glasses. She's a big friend of the podcast. I interviewed her um, yesterday about girly drinks. This is a feminist history of booze, essentially. Uh, It's a world history of women and alcohol. And she kind of, you know, we think of girly drinks. I mean, I'll, you know, I talk about this in my interview with her. I grew up watching, like when I was in college, Sex and the City was big. And so, of course, I drank Cosmopolitans for most of my 20s because I didn't know there was anything else. And everything else intimidated me. Like walking into a bar, I didn't know what to order. And so Mallory's book is sort of all about how women have played a part in the creation of alcohol literally from the beginning of time. And um, it just sort of is, you know, like she did with Lady from the Black Lagoon. Um, she sort of pulls back the curtain on these women who have been forgotten to history Often because of the patriarchy and sexism and all of that. So very excited for this one. And and that is Girly Drinks by Mallory O'Mara. Next up, Well Matched by Jen DeLuca. So this is the Well Met series. It's a romance series. It's so cute. It is at a Renaissance fair where I'm already like, okay, you got me. Um, I'm down... (laughs) I'm down for some Ren Faire romance books. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's a small town. Everyone knows everybody else. And so this is like many romance series, small town romance series in particular, different characters that you meet throughout the book finally get their book. And so this is April and Mitch. April is a single mother. She's lived in Willow Creek for 12 years with a wall around her heart. On the verge of being an empty nester, she's decided to move on from her quaint little town and ask her friend Mitch to help her with some home improvement projects to get her house ready to sell. Mitch is known for being the life of every party, but mostly for the attire he wears to the local Renaissance fair, a kilt and not much else that shows off his muscled form to perfection. While he agrees to help April, he needs a favor too. She'll pretend to be his girlfriend at an upcoming family dinner so that he can avoid lectures about settling down and having a more serious career than high school coach and gym teacher. April reluctantly agrees, but when dinner turns into a weekend trip, it becomes hard to tell what's real and what's been just for show. But when the weekend ends, so must their fake relationship. As summer begins, Fair returns to Willow Creek and April volunteers for the first time. When Mitch's family shows up unexpectedly, April pretends to be Mitch's girlfriend again, and it doesn't feel so fake anymore. Okay, I love a good fomance. I love fake relationships. In romance books, they're so much fun because you know, obviously, that it might start out as fake, but then there's like usually kissing and then more, and you're like, oh, this isn't really a fake relationship anymore, is it? Is it a real one? Um, so I love me fake relationships, and I've loved the other books in Jen DeLuca's series. So I'm very, very excited for um, Well Matched. I mean, fake relationship and Renaissance Fair. Um, what more do you need? I mean, seriously. So speaking of books I love that have a sequel, romance books I love that have a sequel coming out in October, we have um, All the Feels by Olivia Dade. This is the follow-up to Spoiler Alert, which was one of my favorite books of 2020. And 
Um, all the fields follows Alex, who we met in, um, spoiler alert. And this, he, he plays Cupid on the TV show, um, Gods of the Gates, which is like TV's biggest show. Think like, I mean, you know, big fantasy epic about Greek gods. But, um, the showrunners have completely wrecked his character. He is not at all happy with what the showrunners have done with Cupid. He's dogged by old demons and his post-show future remains uncertain because the show is coming to an end and he's not entirely sure what he's going to do with his career. So when all that reckless emotion explodes into a bar fight, the tabloids and public agree his star is falling. So the showrunners hire Lauren. She's a former ER therapist to, to basically like babysit Alex. <laughs> Just kind of. She like moves into his guest house. Um... And she's like, whatever, you know, she's like related to one of the showrunners. She needs a job. She's like, fine, I'll, I'll babysit this guy to like, she's got to follow him everywhere. He's not happy about it. Lauren's not particularly happy about it because he's kind of difficult to deal with. Um, but, uh, that, you know, it, that's what happens. It, it, it seems to get a little more complicated because, all the feels. Okay. So I love Olivia Dade's books. She always features, you know, fat women as protagonists without it being like, oh, she's fat. I mean, just this is the natural order of life, people. Fat women find love. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, read spoiler alert and then come back and read all the feels. I mean, you could probably honestly read them out of order. Um, that's the thing I like about, you know, small, small town romances is that, you know, it's kind of fun to like read the second book first and then go back and you'd be like, oh, look, they predicted it. There were like little clues. There were little breadcrumbs in the first book. So anyway, that's All the Fields by Olivia Dade. Okay, it's October. <clears throat> we're in spooky season. Obviously I had to bring in some horror. So this is The Death of Jane Lawrence by Caitlin Starling. So this, <clears throat> I love everything about this description and this cover. The cover is phenomenal. This is about Jane, Jane Shoringfield, and she's done the calculations and she's decided that the most secure path forward is a husband by way of marriage of convenience. Um, a husband specifically who will allow her to remain independent and occupied with meaningful work. Her first choice, the dashing but reclusive Dr. Augustine Lawrence, agrees to her proposal, but with one condition, that she must never visit Lindringe Hall, his crumbling family manor outside of town. So we have a marriage of convenience and a spooky manor. This is, this is going to end just fine, I can tell. So on their wedding night, however, an accident strands her at his door in a pitch black rainstorm, and she finds him changed. Gone is the bold, courageous surgeon, and in his place is a terrified, paranoid man, one who cannot tell reality from nightmare, and fears Jane is an apparition come to haunt him. By morning, Augustine is himself again, but Jane knows something is deeply wrong at Lindridge Hall, and with the man she has so hastily bound her safety to. Set in a dark mirror world of post-war England, Caitlin Starling crafts a new kind of gothic core from the bones of the beloved canon, like, you know, we got Rebecca. Obviously, there's some, like, Shirley Jackson feels. There's Crimson Peak. There, I mean, y'all, like, 
weird, creepy manners are the best. And plus, with a title like The Death of Jane Lawrence, you're sort of like, hmm, that's interesting. What happens to Jane? Dark Mirror World? I mean, again, I love all of these words in one paragraph. So that is The Death of Jane Lawrence by Caitlin Starling. Next up, I've Taste, My Life Through Food by Stanley Tucci. Um, Y'all, I love Stanley Tucci as an actor. Also, I love his little Instagram feed where he makes cocktails, like fancy cocktails. It's wonderful watching Stanley Tucci make cocktails. So um, he's written other books about food and cookbooks and such. But this is a memoir about sort of his life in and out of the kitchen. He grew up in an Italian-American family that spent every night around the table. And he shared the magic of those meals in his books, The Tucci Cookbook and The Tucci Table. And now he kind of takes us beyond the recipes and into the stories behind them. So it is a reflection of food and life filled with anecdotes about growing up in Westchester, New York, and then also preparing for some of his foodie films like Big Night and Julie and Julia, Falling in Love Over Dinner. If you are not aware of who Stanley Tucci's wife is and how they met, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's an it's adorable. It's adorable. That's just what I'm going to say. Um, so this is, it is a gastronomic journey through food and the life of Stanley Tucci, the actor who is just wonderful and delightful. So that's Taste by Stanley Tucci. Next up is Sankofa by Chibundu Onuzo. This is about Anna. She's at a stage in her life when she's beginning to wonder who she really is. She has separated from her husband Her daughter's all grown up, and her mother, the only parent who raised her, is dead. And searching through her mother belonging one day, Anna finds clues about the African father she never knew. She finds his student diaries, which chronicle his involvement in radical politics in 1970s London. She discovers that he eventually became the president, some would say dictator, of a small nation in West Africa. And she also finds out that he is still alive. When Anna decides to track her father down, a journey begins that is disarmingly moving, funny, and fascinating. Like the metaphorical bird that gives the novel its name, Sankofa expresses the importance of reaching back to knowledge gained in the past and bringing it into the present to address universal questions of race and belonging, the overseas experience of African diaspora, and the search for a family's hidden roots. So that is Sankofa by Chibundu Onuzo. Next is Unprotected by Billy Porter. Y'all, I love Billy Porter so much. I was a huge fan of Pose when it was on. His character, Praytel, was just amazing. There's a scene in the second season where um, he sings The Man That Got Away on Pose. And just, I could go look up the YouTube clip right now and it would make me cry. It's just so good. And... Before Pose, he was, um, of course, in Broadway's Kinky Boots. And before that, he was a recording artist, actor, playwright, director. And he just, the man has kind of done it all. Um, He's amazing. But when he was young, he was growing up in Pittsburgh and he was seen as different. He just didn't fit in. At five years old, he was sent to therapy to, quote unquote, fix his um, effeminacy He was endlessly bullied at school, sexually abused by his stepfather, and criticized at his church. Porter came of age in a world where simply being himself was a constant struggle. 
So this is his story. It's a memoir um, about his life story of a singular artist and his survivor, um, being a survivor, and it's all told in his own words. It is a story of a boy whose talent and courage opened doors for him, but only a crack. It is the story of a teenager discovering himself, learning his voice and his craft amidst deep trauma. And it is a story of a young man whose unbreakable determination led him through countless hard times to where he is now. A proud icon who refuses to back down or hide and has impeccable fashion sense. I mean, that's not actually the copy. That's just my commentary. (laughs) But if you watch award shows and you watch, you know, the red carpet, Billy Porter, the man has amazing fashion sense. Just he shows up in these dresses where are just, they're just stunning and I want them. So that's Unprotected by Billy Porter. Next up, I have The Lighthouse Witches by C.J. Cook. Again, it's horror. It's October. We had spooky season. This is about single mother Liv. She is commissioned to paint a mural in a 100-year-old lighthouse on a remote Scottish island. And for her, it's an opportunity to start over with her three daughters, Luna, Sapphire, and Clover. When two of her daughters go missing, she's frantic. And she learns that the cave beneath the lighthouse was once a prison for women accused of witchcraft. That seems fine. The locals warn her about wildlings, which are supernatural beings who mimic human children, created by witches for revenge. Liv is told wildlings are dangerous and must be killed. 22 years later, Luna has been searching for her missing sisters and mother. When she receives a call about her younger, youngest sister, Clover, she's initially ecstatic. Clover is a sister she remembers, except she's still seven years old, which is the age she was when she vanished. Luna is concerned, is worried that Clover is a wildling. Luna has few memories of her time on the island, but she'll have to return to find the truth of what happened to her. But she doesn't realize just how much the truth will change her. Which is on a remote Scottish island with a lighthouse. Yes, please. So that's the Lighthouse Witches by C.J. Cook. Next up, I have This Thing Between Us by Gus Moreno. Speaking of covers that are just really good and creepy, I can't even really... There's nothing overtly creepy about this one. There's just something where you keep staring at it. You're like, there's something... Something just doesn't quite... There's there's a vibe. This is about Vera and Diego. And it was Vera's idea to buy the Itza, which is the world's most advanced smart speaker. This is a horror novel, I should I should say, um, involving a smart speaker. So Diego wasn't really interested, but she thought it would be kind of fun. Um, especially because they have like things happening, weird things are happening in their condo, and the Itza just sort of made them worse. The cold spots and scratching in the walls were odd enough, but then Packages started showing up at the house, like weird ones, like who ordered Industrial Lie? Um, there was eerie music at odd hours, and then Diego woke up once to find the It's a projecting light shows in an empty room. This all seems fine. It was funny and strange up until Vera died, and his world became unbearable. So pundits and politicians are looking to turn his wife's death into a symbol for their own agendas. There's a barrage of texts from her well-meaning friends about letting go and moving on. 
There's waking to the sounds of the Edza talking softly to someone in the living room. The only thing left to do was to get as far away from Chicago as he possibly could. Away from everything and everyone. So he goes to a secluded cabin in Colorado. Seems like the perfect place to hold up with his crushing grief. But soon Diego realizes there is no escape, not from his guilt, not from his simmering rage, and not from the evil haunting him, feeding on his grief, determined to make its way into this world. It's a bold, original horror novel about grief, loneliness, and the oppressive intimacy of technology. That all seems fine. My husband and I don't own a smart speaker, by the way. <laughs> and if I did, I feel like this this book would make me change my mind. <laughs> it's got there's like a there's like a black mirror element to this. It feels very black mirror if you watch that TV show. Um, so that is the thing. This thing between us by Gus Moreno. Finally, I have a spindle splintered by Alex E. Harrow. This is a um you know, retelling, reimagined, fractured version of Sleeping Beauty and features Arthur Rackham's original illustrations for Sleeping Beauty. As an aside, if you're not familiar with Arthur Rackham's art, I highly, highly recommend looking it up. In particular, I adore his illustrations for Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Um, <clears throat> so a spindle splintered is about Zinnia. She will be turning 21 which is extra special because it is the last birthday she'll ever have. When she was young, an industrial accident left Zinnia with a rare condition. Not much is known about her illness, just that no one has lived past 21. Her best friend Charm is intent on making Zinnia's last birthday special with a full Sleeping Beauty experience, complete with a tower and a spinning wheel. But when Zinnia pricks her finger, something strange and unexpected happened, and she finds herself falling through worlds with another sleeping beauty, just as desperate to escape her fate. I'm all about fractured fairy tales. Um, I love them. I think they're wonderful and delightful. And I love this, like, it just, yeah. And again, really good cover. What is with all these good covers? October has some good covers. We should not judge a book by its cover, obviously, but October has some really good ones. So that is a spindle splintered by Alex E. Harrow. Those are my October book picks for October 2021. Um, and I think that's everything for you all. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Jill Grunenwald and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? 
Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.